Sandy Byron is from Tipperary, Ireland, and is descended from generations of psychic and mediums from both sides of her family. Her grandmother and both great-grandmothers are well-known readers. Born into a family of readers, it is no surprise that she was seeing and communicating with spirit from a very young age. It wasn't long before people began to seek her out to help them to get closure after death or life-changing events. This in turn helped them move beyond grief, hurt, and confusion. For years, she has been sharing her abilities with people across many countries and continents and has managed to rebuild her reputation as one of the top psychic mediums of her generation. She is proud to have even been compared to the most famous and world-renowned Irish psychic medium, Eileen Garrett. As well as providing meaningful and emotional reconnections with loved ones in spirit, she also gives in-depth psychic readings to assist people who are looking to reassess their path in life. I can quite honestly say that I have never been as excited for an interview as I am today with Sandy. I am so stoked and very, very much looking forward to our conversation. So I am so delighted and honored to introduce Sandy Byron to the show today. Hi, I'm Sandy Byrne and I come from Tipperary in Ireland. And for those of you who have never been to Ireland, I describe Tipperary as the belly button of Ireland. If you look at Ireland like a teddy bear on the map, uh, I'm right in the belly button of Ireland. So um, I am a full-time psychic medium. I wasn't always a full-time psychic medium. I have worked in um, across several industries. I used to work for the Financial Times in London. I spent some time living and working in Germany and I've worked in third level education as well for some time. But I do come from a long line of psychics and mediums in both sides of my family, uh, particularly in my grandmother's family. So my mother's mother used to read tea leaves and her mother used to read palms and her mother used to read bones and stones and so on and so forth. So it does go back quite a long line in my family. So for me, I have always been able to see spirit. Okay, so it started off with seeing spirit. I don't remember a time where I didn't see spirit. I've always seen them since I was born. Uh, but my mother does tell me things, you know, that you don't remember always when you were a toddler, what, you know, the things that you were saying. But that I always spoke of um, a little boy who used to sleep with me every night. So when I'd go to bed at night, this lady used to come into my bedroom and she used to put this little boy into the cot and later into the bed beside me. And she would sit on top of my wardrobe and watch us all night. So I have some memories of this little boy and I do remember asking my mother for years where he was because he just seemed to leave at one point. But now that I look back at it, I understand when he left. Uh, it was when I was seven years old and my grandmother died. So my mm -hmm. grandmother, even though she didn't underline illness, she passed very suddenly um, at the age of just 56. And that was a huge, huge shock for me because she was the one who um, who understood, I suppose, my mediumship and helped me with it. And she taught me to read people psychically. So um, when that happened, um, of course, I thought, as any child does, they think that everybody can see these people around them. We don't think that we're seeing anything different from anybody else. And it was at my grandmother's funeral uh, when I was talking about still being able to see her um, and yet all the people around me were talking about that nanny's gone now to live with holy God up in the sky, you know, as you do to children. And I was saying, but no, she's not. She's over there sitting beside granddad. 
So it was only then um, through those uh, few weeks after a funeral that I began to realise that not everybody sees the people that I see. So for a long time, I pushed this away. And if anybody's listening who happens to have a young child who talks a lot about the people around them, okay, I I wouldn't necessarily be a big um, advocate of encouraging them, but definitely agree with them and let them talk, okay, because the last thing any child wants to feel is different. Because the minute my logic kicked in then at seven and I knew I was different, then I started to push it away because I didn't want to be different. So um, roll forward a few years. I mean, I went through some ups and downs and um, I had some very traumatic deaths um, in my family when I was 14 years old. And I really pushed spirit away. And so really when my big connection, if you like, when I... Um, if I can use teenage language and say I started to talk to my spirit again when I wasn't sulking with them so much for taking my grandmother and my other family members away. I was actually living in Germany when I was 17 years old and I was out jogging one day and I was living in Bavaria. There was nothing around for miles, only vineyards. And um, I had beautiful, you probably aren't old enough to remember, but we used to have these beautiful headphones with a steel bit that went over the tops of our heads, Mm -hmm. big foam things at the sides back in the day. And I had a personal cassette recorder and I was listening to Simon and Garfunkel while I was jogging. And I'll never forget it. I heard this voice shout, run, really, really clearly over the sound of the music. And of course I thought, oh, uh, someone now is behind me or something, you know, making fun of me even though logically I knew in my head that there was nobody around for miles. So I kind of looked around, there was nobody there. And I thought, that's really, really strange. And although I'd seen spirits and knew what they were talking about, I'd never heard a physical voice up to this point. Okay, we can talk in a minute about the different ways we can perceive spirit. But um, yeah, so there was nobody there. So I continued to run for a little bit longer. And um, I heard the voice, run, run now. And I looked around and again, there was nobody there. But at that moment, a car passed, okay? And there was no cars in this area. Like, I'm really talking about the middle of Bavaria here. And um, do you know when you're on a a footpath or sidewalk and a car passes and the music is so loud, you can almost feel the vibration in, in the road? It was like that. And I can still see the moment, like, very, like, slow motion in my mind. There was five guys in this car. And they looked at me and I looked at them as they drove past and they kept driving. And then I heard um, run like expletive quick. I heard this voice. So I looked around and like the place was empty, but I ran and I ran down between the the vines and I got in between two. And if you've ever been in a vineyard, sometimes they're strapped together with like this wire So I had to climb in between this and I was getting all cuts and and bruises. And I thought, I feel really, really stupid here. I hope nobody sees me. You know, you're thinking, why are you hiding when there's nobody around? And anyway, I was hiding there just a minute or two when the car came back and Mm. these five guys got out. And all I could hear was my heart. You know, you're so scared, you can hear your heart thumping. And that's all I could hear in my ears. And um, so they spent about 20 minutes searching around for me. And this one guy, I'd say he was a, he was probably only about 50 feet from where I was hiding when when the other guy called them back to the car. And my German was very poor, so I couldn't make out every word he said, but he said something like, let's go. And so they all got back into the car and took off. And I still waited another 20 minutes before I left where I was hiding. And then I ran home the back way through 
the, the fields. And it was only, it was years later, I, I read a story in a magazine about a girl actually in the States. And um, she had been kept, she took a, a lift from a truck driver and they stopped for something to eat. And when she went to the washroom and she was washing her hands, um, she heard this voice telling her to climb out the window. Mm. And she said there was nobody else there. And she, um, anyway, she didn't climb out the window that day and ended up being kept by this man for eight years before she managed to escape. And she said, it must have been my guardian angel or a spirit watching over me. And I think it's it's obviously the same, you know, what happened to me. But it was from from that point where I really started to lean into the spirit energy and to trust the spirit energy around me. So from the age of 17, I became friends with them again. And I really felt that they helped me with different things throughout my life, okay? But where I'm from in Ireland, um, Ireland is a lot more diverse now than when I was a teenager. But at the time, all of the Catholic priests around Europe really were trained in the town where I grew up, okay? We're called the cathedral town. And across the road from the cathedral, is the um, priest training college and I went to school in the convent spent 13 years in the convent right next door so you didn't tell people that you saw dead people it just wasn't acceptable okay in our religion I'm very Catholic myself don't get me wrong and I've no problem with religious beliefs I see my spirituality as something different than that okay and I think we can all believe in some way in an afterlife but so Anyway, I didn't tell people about, you know, seeing um, dead people because I didn't believe, I thought I would be locked up. Mm-hmm. And I suppose I thought to a certain extent that I was schizophrenic, mm-hmm. which a lot of children who see spirits can feel. Okay, so you push it away. But I found it so helpful. And it was when I moved back to Ireland um, in my 20s that um, I really started to, I suppose, connect with other people more so in that I always saw my family members around, but it was only when I moved back to Ireland, and I suppose I felt more comfortable living at home in Ireland and more grounded, and it started from there. I started, you know, feeling um, energy off people around me, seeing spirit around people around me, and I kind of knew that it was was kind of a calling, if you like, if you want to call it a calling or just... um, you know, that I was being shown that I could do this for other people. I could help other people in some way to get closure. And um, I suppose my own spiritual journey has been not necessarily started from, but definitely helped by um, a loved one of mine in spirit. So I talked about a very traumatic time when I was 14. The summer I turned 15, I suppose, I lost my granddad, my beloved granddad, who I talk about a lot, John O'Brien was his name. And he had cancer. He was widowed, obviously, because my grandmother had passed. And he had cancer, so he came to live with us, um, my mom and my sister and I. And he passed away in May of 1989. And 10 weeks later, my uncle Kevin, who was like a big brother to me, because my mom was a single mom, so we were raised with the younger brothers and sisters in her house. And Kevin was killed after a motorcycle accident. Mm-hmm. And he was just 31 years old. And I had just turned 15. And I, Kevin and I were very, very close. Okay. We were really, really close. So it was a huge, huge loss for me. And um, that was part of the reason why I pushed Spirit away so much. Because I thought, you know, if you're really my friend, why did you take him? Mm. You know, if, if you've given me this ability to connect with you, but you can't do anything for me. 
um, then what good is this? So um, that's why I pushed it away. And then when I was 17, they did help me, you know, and spirit did help me. But I have been very, very guided and shown a lot by um, Kevin, who was my uncle who passed at just the age of 31. So he has he is very pivotal for me. And even still, I have his picture here in my office. And some days, we all have days where we don't want to go to work. We just wake up in the morning and think, oh, do I really have to work today? I have days like that, even though I love connecting with spirit, don't get me wrong. But I will look to him and I will say, okay, can you give me a dig out today? You know, I've got some people coming for readings. I'm not really sure if I'm up to it today. So I kind of, I, I envisage it like I'm sending him off into the spirit world to look for these people's, people's loved ones. So if you like, he's a bit of a guide for me now. Okay, so I, I do, I ask him stuff um, to help me out at different times. But um, how I actually got, I suppose that's kind of a little bit of a background of where I come from spiritually and how it kind of developed and helped me over the years. How I got into doing it professionally, because I, I'm not sure if anybody ever makes a decision saying I'm going to be when I grow up. It's not on the careers list at school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so, as I say, I had different careers. I was working in education and I actually went to see a medium on stage uh, one night. And it was in a local theatre here in Tipperary. And I was sitting up at the back and I was loving it, you know, just loving seeing somebody else. And as she was kind of, you know, bringing uh, spirit through for people in the audience, I could see who she was bringing through. And it was so exciting for me that I knew that this woman could also see these people. And I thought, this is brilliant. So anyway, um, during the interval, there was this couple that was sitting in front of me. and, And while the first half of the show was going on, I could feel this lady's stress growing and growing and growing throughout the the first half. And, you know, I'm not really an outgoing person. I know people probably think that I am, but I'm not necessarily an outgoing person. But I saw her pick up her handbag and say to her, shake her head to her husband like that. And I just reached out and I said, I said to her, I said, look, I know you're waiting for your son to come. I said, but he is here. I said, but you're so stressed. I said, he won't leave you to go on stage. Mm. I said, but he is here. I said, and he keeps showing me where you have his ashes, you know, in the the blue, um, I can't even remember what you call it, I keep calling it a vase, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what yeah. you keep the ashes in, I can't remember the actual name for it. Um, cremation is still quite new here in Ireland. Um, it's not as common as burial. And um, so I was telling her all these things about him and she just started crying. And she said to me, "He, although he wasn't their son, he was their grandson, they had raised him from a baby. So he was like their son. And everything that I had said was spot on. And she said, I just thought he wasn't going to come through tonight when he didn't come through in the first half. She said, because I asked him to come through in the first half. And I said, you know, I was explaining to her that it was just because she was so stressed. And at the end of the show, and don't get me wrong, the lady that was on stage was very, very thorough. And at the end of the show, that lady stood up and said to everybody as they were leaving the theatre, she said, if anybody wants a reading, they should go to this lady here. She said, she is amazing. And I was sitting there and I, I'm really Irish. I have that high colour. So I start to go red from my neck up through my face. I'm so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And then I had all these people asking me for my phone number. So I gave out my phone number. And within two days, I was booked solid for three months. Wow. So, yeah, it just happened that quickly. And um, so I ended up cutting down my full-time job to four days a week and then ended up ended up cutting down to three days a week. And then I took a five-year career break to start the business and I've never looked back. 
Um, and so here I am. So obviously I haven't travelled now in the last couple of years because of the travel restrictions. But before the pandemic, I was touring in Canada. I was touring in the United States. I toured in Denmark, the Netherlands, the UK. So I was touring all over. So it really kind of happened um, very quickly for me because obviously I didn't start reading people in my 30s, um, you know, until I was in my 30s. I'd read obviously friends and, you know, family and stuff, but never put myself out there because I'm not that kind of a put myself out there person. And one thing that some of your listeners might um, understand also is that I am following um, an event in my life. I was diagnosed with PTSD a few years ago. And anybody who has PTSD will know that, or even anything similar to it, you will know that you get very intimidated easily by people, and especially being physically close to people. So um, I had to make a decision at one point to go online with my readings, because I was finding that, um, and it wasn't that I was meeting difficult people or unfriendly people, it was just the close physical contact to people was really um, affecting my readings. So I actually went online. And from there, I never looked back, you know. Um, So I don't know, does that give you enough background into who I am and how I got started? But really, um, the the start in the professional um, career was very accidental and has always been driven by word of mouth. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, social media, obviously, is a help, um, you know, and and going online. And I try and do as much as I can. Um, But, yeah, um, to where I've got the business today and to where I am working today has all been word of mouth. Yeah. Wow. That's great. That's beautiful. That's such an incredible story. Did you? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of ups and downs and it's the same with anybody because you go through times. I mean, if, if you look at any relationship that anybody has with spirit, be it other people's loved ones in the spirit, be it your own spirit guides or whatever, it's the same as any relationship that you'll have with friends in your life. Okay, you have days where you feel like you really love them and you can't live without them. Other days where you don't want to hear them, <laughs> listening to their voices like nail scratching on a blackboard. You know, everybody has up and down days where they feel things more than other days. Okay, but in general, I'd have to say it's it's very much a good relationship. Um, you know, and people connect differently with spirit, and that's very important for people to remember. The first thing that I would say to anybody who's interested in their own spirituality is that um is that it's it's not a gift and i think the word gift puts a lot of people off Mm. it's an ability okay and everybody is born with the ability to connect with energy Mm. everyone um i liken it to singing okay i'm not very good at it but i can sing (laughs) And, (laughs) and so can everybody and we can take lessons to improve our singing okay it's the same with our ability to connect with spirit so everybody can connect but we join a circle or we take a development program okay in order to tweak those finer things about your connection where you should be looking for it what you can expect to get from it how you should feel it all of these things and also in the same way that we as people we connect on different levels, okay? We have many different ways of connecting with, the, with each other. Like we have voice and language, for example. I'm speaking to you in English. We could speak in Latin, Italian, German. Well, we could if I spoke those languages. But <laughs> for example, we could speak in those languages. We have voice. Not everybody has voice. We have eye contact, facial expression, hand gestures, body language. We have loads of different ways that we can make ourselves known to each other. Mm. It's the same with spirit, 
okay so a lot of people feel that um or assume perhaps that connection with spirit is like someone sitting down beside us and talking to us because that's the way we see it in the movies right and unfortunately it doesn't work that way but we do have different ways of connecting with uh, spirit and a lot um when people see mediums advertising themselves we tend to use complicated words we say that we're clairvoyant or we're clairsentient or we're clairaudient or something that word we don't expect you to know them all but it gives you something that you can google so for example one of the main um terms i believe that people have heard is clairvoyant okay Mm -hmm. she's a clairvoyant or i could do that if i was clairvoyant okay clairvoyant is like saying i speak latin okay Mm -hmm. or i speak german it's just a way of communication so clear means clear and voyance means seeing okay so clear seeing so anyone who's clairvoyant sees spirit clairaudience means clear hearing so that's somebody who hears spirit you know, um, clear gutsience, you know, clear smelling. So we smell. And I think this is a way that a lot of people do connect. A lot of people say, I smell roses or I smell lavender soap or I smell carbolic soap or I smell pipe tobacco, you know, when my granddad's around. So a lot of people get the smell. So that's one way of connecting with spirit. So um, I, we don't expect you to um, know all these terms, but you can increase your chances of getting a more accurate reading from a medium by matching the personality of the, your loved one in spirit with the personality of, or the, I beg your pardon, matching the personality of your loved one in spirit with the ability of the medium. So, for example, if a medium, if you were aware that a medium was clear audience, okay, that they could hear spirit. But your loved one in spirit was very shy when they were alive and they didn't talk to strangers. Why would you go to somebody who can hear them? Okay, because they're not going to talk to the medium who's a stranger. You're going to go to somebody who can feel their energy or who can see them. Okay, and the same way, like I keep telling people that I have an aunt in spirit. God bless her. She was only 61 when she passed and she lived in London and I was very close with her. And um, she hated her photograph being taken. She just hated it. And so we very few photographs or videos of her. But she would talk to anybody. Okay. She actually drove a double-decker bus in London for 20 years. And um, she just got used to talking to people. And she was extremely friendly. Um, So I know she'd talk to anybody. So if I wanted to connect with her, I wouldn't go to somebody who can hear her. Or I beg your pardon, I wouldn't go to somebody who can see her because I know she didn't like showing how she looked at that point of her life. Mm. But yet, if I went to somebody who could hear her, she's going to talk all night. Okay, you you won't get rid of her. She's just that kind of person. She was (laughs) always the one that worried about the phone bill coming in the door. (laughs) Okay, so that's um, a tip. If you are booking a medium, you know, think of who you want to connect with first and then look for a medium who can connect in that way. Okay. Now, um, this week, um, we have, um, I think it's it's International Languages Day or Different Tongues Day. I, I, there's different terms used around the world. And um, it's something that I've been talking about a lot today um, because that's one thing that people worry a lot about when they come for a reading, okay, is are you going to be able to talk to my parents because they came from the Philippines and they didn't speak any English? Hmm. Or are you going to be able to talk to my parents because they, you know, they originally came from China or something like this. And I want people to know that there's no language in spirit. 
Yeah. It's about feeling, it's about seeing, it's about sensing. So it's not about the language, it's about the love, you know. And it doesn't matter. I learned this in a religious sense, in religion class in school, that, um, you know, your sincerity is the dial tone. And that's exactly what it's like when you're connecting with the spirit. If you're looking for that connection, if you believe in it, and if you call for it, they're going to hear it. They're going to pick up on, on your energy. And so many times I love when I'm in a reading and someone comes, somebody comes through with some piece of information. And, you know, immediately the, the, the person that I'm reading for, they break down or they burst um, into laughter because they say, oh, my goodness, I only taught her this morning that she should say that in the readings that I know it's her. OK, yeah. <laughs> and just for them to get that validation you can see immediately their demeanor changes, the walls break down and they're open because it's a very nerve wracking thing. It really is for a lot of people. They've been through a lot. And a lot of people that come for closure after death, they're feeling guilty that survivor's guilt is a terrible thing. It makes us feel guilty for living, for enjoying our life when that's exactly why we're here. You know, and just to get that validation from a loved one in spirit, it can change somebody's life. Spirit can be so, so helpful to us in different ways. Um, you know, even through, you know, like as I was saying to you, you know, I ask um, my loved one in spirit, I ask him to help me with readings. But I know people that ask for a lot of different things. Um, I knew somebody who once asked um, that for money because she couldn't afford to pay a medical bill for her child and um, all of a sudden in the car park of a supermarket or um, a store I guess a supermarket's like a food chain you know a, a big food store and um, you know she found money which was exactly you know to the euro exactly what she needed you know mm -hmm. to pay that bill and I think you know if you're sincere about it um, I, I definitely feel you can get whatever you want from spirit. I really, really do. I'm a firm believer in it. You know, but I will say to people, there is a danger with readings that people become emotionally dependent on them. Okay. So, you know, do it maybe twice or three times in a lifetime. Mm. But don't go for readings every six or 12 months. Okay. Because we need to live on earth. There's a medium from the UK, oh, I'm so bad with names, it translates so much across to my mediumship, it's not funny. Um, I can't think of her name now, but she's a UK-based medium, and she once said that you can't, can't be so spiritual as to be of no earthly value. Ooh. And what she means is that you can't live with your head in the clouds, okay, thinking about what's going to happen after you die. You have to live while you're here. And yeah. if you need closure, by all means, go and get it but don't let it take over your life, you know? That. And um, I had, I've had some people, you know, throughout my life that have been very skeptical and I don't mind people being skeptical about it, but to the point of being rude, mm. even accusing me of raising my children on a diet of death, you know, I remember somebody saying that to me once. And I think, you know, I don't, if you know me, I'm actually a very normal person. And, you know, um, I can go into a reading and, you know, spend, um, an hour or 90 minutes with somebody talking to their loved ones who have passed 
and then you know I still have to come out of that reading and cook my dinner yeah. <laughs> you know unfortunately spirit haven't yet learned to cook for me so there, there's a happy place there's a happy place here on earth that we have to make the most of yeah. okay but um, I do understand that people need to get closure and people need to know they need evidence that there's something after that is the biggest part of it and I'm sure you hear it all the time as well yeah. you know I just want to know that there's something there and I did um, um, if you don't I'm saying so I have my own podcast and we talked a lot over the last few weeks about what people see you know at that moment of passing yeah. you know and you know what they experience at that moment of passing and you know there's some beautiful testimonials out there from I mean I'm sure you've heard of Steve Jobs, the Apple guy. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you've heard about his um, experience of what he said to his sister on his deathbed. So he, um, as you, you may know, he was adopted um, as a young boy and he didn't get to meet his sister until he was an adult. But they became very close. And she was with him in those final days. And like anybody who has cancer, they go in and out of consciousness and they don't speak a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that last moment, he... Um, he just looked over her shoulder and there was nothing there. His children were around the bed. She was beside the bed, but he looked past them um, to the wall and he just said, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. He said it three times and then he was gone, Hmm. you know. So people see such amazing things at that moment of passing, Hmm. you know, and I'm a firm believer in that. And if I can go back to talking about granddad for a little second, um, as I say, I was 14 years old and, and he lived in our house. And he, he passed away in my, my mom's house. Um, but at that moment, I had sat with him for eight hours um, the day of his death. Um, he was in and out of consciousness. He had cancer. Um, but as anybody who's who's um, had a loved one pass through cancer or some other um, illness, you know that their body kind of leaves or gives up, if you like, before the brain. So they're very aware of what's going on around them and you know I had indicators of that during the day but he passed in the early hours of the morning and um having been you know non-responsive for quite a long time just before he passed he sat bolt upright in the bed and shouted at the top of his voice wait for me daddy he put his left hand out and shouted wait for me daddy I'm coming Mm. and his dad had like his dad had passed many many years before he was the eldest boy and um yeah, he just obviously saw his dad at that moment mm. and reached out for him and said, I'm coming. And with that, in that instant, he fell back to the, to the bed and he was gone. Oh. Yeah, so oh. people see amazing things. And if, you, you know, if you're unfortunate enough you know, to have somebody who has been ill and pass after illness, you know, um, and if you're unfortunate enough to have someone that, that's passing, but fortunate, fortunate enough to spend those last moments with them, watch their behavior, you know, watch what they see. Um, because they come out with such lovely things that really can inspire us throughout our lives. I sat with my husband's grandmother last summer, God rest her, she, she passed at 91 years old uh, on July 31st, 21. And um, I was very close to her because um, my my um, paternal grandmother, she was only 37. She died of my own, my own dad was seven years old. And then obviously I was seven when my maternal grandmother died. So because I've been with my husband since I was 18 years old, this lady was like a grandmother to me. And I was sitting with her um, in those last days. And she kept telling me about the bird that was in the room 
and pointing to a spot on the wardrobe in her room where she could see this bird. And it's something that I've heard from a lot of people uh, over the years about seeing a bird in the room. Hmm. Um, and my belief is, is that it's a sign of spirit. Because spirit will always give you signs you understand. And hmm. people understand birds. They understand butterflies. You know, there would be no reason for spirit to use signs that we won't understand. So when signs come to you, I believe that we will understand. And if anybody, if it's okay for me to say this, um, if anybody ever wonders about that, I actually, if you go onto my website and click into webinars, I have recordings of some past webinars that I have done, which will help you understand the signs from spirit a little better. Nice. And what to look for and how to ask for them. Because you have to ask for a sign. People always say to spirit, give me a sign. Mm -hmm. And then they might get a sign that they don't understand. So ask for something. Say to somebody, you know, um, if I'm supposed to buy that car, then um, have a brown leaf fall on my head on Tuesday. You know, ask them for a specific sign so that you know and that there's no doubt that this comes from your loved ones in spirit. Don't be scared to ask for a specific sign. Tell them you want to see um, a cat with three legs or, you know, something random that um, has some chance of crossing your path. There's no point in me asking for, you know, a Mexican lady with, um, you know, crackers <laughs> to, to cross past, past me because, you know, um, there aren't that I'm aware of anyway, Mexican people living in my hometown. <laughs> but, you know, if I was to, ask, do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. if I was to ask for a priest to cross my path or to knock on my door, or if I was to ask for, you know, a small robin or something, you know, something that is doable within your, um, I, I laugh because I have so many people telling me that they want to hear a song. You know, I've asked my mother for that song that she used to sing to me. And then I say to them, well, you know, do you have the radio on? Oh, no, no, because I want to hear the song. Mm. I said, how are you going to hear the song if you've no radio on, if you've no television on, if there's no background noise? True. Spirit need energy that they can manipulate. Mm. Okay. So um, I talk a lot about kinetic energy. And um, you've, have you seen, because I know you're younger than I am, have you seen the film Ghost with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore? No, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. You should look at that movie because it's, it, you know, it is quite accurate in the way they describe it. And there's a scene in the movie where another spirit is te teaching Patrick Swayze's character who has just been murdered. So he's in the spirit world and he's teaching him how to move objects, mm. you know, and that's called kinetic energy. So spirit can manipulate kinetic energy. So if you have a radio on, if you have a TV on, sometimes people will hear um, songs from ice cream trucks as they're going around, you know. Um, a lot of the Irish ones tend to play the Roger Ram Jet tune, but some of them play different tunes. And, you know, sometimes you could be walking down the street and you'll hear a song through a window of a car. You know, they'll use whatever they can to get that sound to you. But if you're sitting quietly in the house all day with nothing on, how are you going to hear it? You know, short of them coming and singing it for you, which mm -hmm. can't happen because don't forget, they don't have a voice box anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they can't come back and sing for you. So you're always looking for signs. So be realistic with what you're looking for. Hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'd love to 
with that, I'd love to hear your opinion on something because my father died of cancer when I was 15. Um, he was terminally ill. And uh, yeah, thank you. We have much better relationship now <laughs> than we did uh, when he was alive. But for years and years and years, I was trying to connect with him uh, because I am very highly sensitive. And I remember one day I said to my therapist, I was like, Michael, I'm so frustrated. I keep asking my dad to connect with me and I, I get nothing. That night I was woken up with this rigging in my ear, clear as day. I had a rigging in my right ear and it sounded like a tape just went on and I heard, Lauren, daddy loves you. And it wasn't in his voice, but I knew it was him. It was comforting, I wasn't scared. And that might've been five years ago, but I still remember it as it was yesterday. And he sent wow. me a clear sign. And that's profound, yeah. you know, because um, he was able to manipulate some energy around you yeah. in order to get that message to you. And it was something that you needed. Yeah. But I'd say be aware of your dad. He didn't manage to have esophageal cancer, did he? If I pronounce that correctly. He had liver cancer. Liver disease. Okay. Yeah, hepatitis. I don't, I don't know why I'm feeling something like it's coming up like acid, almost like reflux. My grandma. My, my stomach area. My grandma, oh, is that your grandma? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say to you, be aware of how you feel, mm. okay? Because we look for physical signs or audible signs. And don't, don't get me wrong, they do happen. But the first thing is what you feel and how it's different, okay? So we talk a lot about sitting in the power. Uh, people hear that term a lot about sitting in the power of spirit sit in your own power first okay so if you have put a request out there dad give me a sign about something or can you let me know you're around okay so at the beginning of the day sit in your own power for five or ten minutes mm -hmm. figure out what's going on for you today do i have a headache do i have a toothache do i have a pain in my chest do i have a, a pain in my ankle think you know what is what what is my environment you know are the birds singing outside is there music on Take in all the things that are part of your environment and then look for changes throughout the day. Hmm. So it's the changes in your current environment that will let you know that it's them. Okay. So, you know, if, when you started to talk, it brought a lot of energy with it. But firstly, it was this like this acidic feeling in my in my chest. Okay. Like, um, you know, like, uh, we call it heartburn. I don't know what you'd call it in, in yes. the US. Mm -hmm. Use that term as well. Mm -hmm. And I'll, immediately you said, okay, that's my grandmother. So that's just me getting energy just from the sound of your voice, okay? Mm. Um, and, but that's different. So I know that I haven't felt that all day today, okay? Mm. So immediately I knew, oh, there's a change in the energy here just since I started listening to her voice. Okay, so look for those little changes. Um, and especially, you know, it doesn't have to be limited to, but I believe that on special occasions, our energy is heightened. Because that's when we miss them more and we expect them to be around more. So if it's birthdays, Valentine's Day, Christmas, anniversaries, whatever it is, you know, even Halloween, okay? Because mm -hmm. people, people's energy is very open and aware on Halloween and they expect something from spirit on that day. So if you expect it, you're going to get it, okay? So be aware of what's happening anytime, but I don't want people to live in it and become emotionally dependent of it. But if you're specifically looking for a sign, 
then spend five minutes in your own power before you open up to the energy of spirit. And then it's the difference between the two that will give you what you need. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. That's great advice to get centered and focused and grounded prior. So you're clear. Mm -hmm. And you know, the term meditation is bandied around a lot. And that used to scare me because I don't meditate well. Okay, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person that will, will nap instead of meditating. If I put on like nice music and stuff, you, you know, you'll catch me snoring after a few minutes. <laughs> so the term meditation scares me and it scares a lot of people from development. But the way that you have described it is kind of what I would call meditation. It's just being aware of your own energy and opening your mind. Okay, it's about lifting yourself to that other level. And that's what meditation is about. So whether you do that, I mean, don't get me wrong, if you want to chant, if you want to sit in the lotus position and do it, that's absolutely fine. It doesn't work for some people. It might be walking the dog, it might be doing the dishes, it might be sitting in a bath with a candle burning. Whatever clears your mind of all the drool that we have to deal with on a daily basis. Okay, so, you know, um, you know, for me, it's I'm five hours ahead of you. So I'm already starting to think of, you know, do I have something out of the freezer for tomorrow's dinner? Do I need to put bread in the bread maker for the morning? You know, so we're thinking of all the practical stuff that working mothers think about. And, um, you know, you have to clear all of that in order to allow spirit energy in. So it doesn't matter how you do that. If you're sitting in the garden listening to the birds, um, I would say maybe not not reading or not listening to music with words in it mm-hmm. would help because otherwise you're filling your mind with something else. Anything that you can do that clears your mind of the day-to-day stuff, if you do it for 10 to 15 minutes twice a week, I promise it's more than enough mm-hmm. because that's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> so if I can do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it will definitely work. Yeah, just yeah. clearing, clearing all the the gook that gets in the way, or even our own um, mind. Absolutely. So logical that you need this yeah. and factual. Just relax and get into that relaxed state helps tremendously. A hundred percent, you know. And as I said before, it has to be somewhere you're comfortable. Yeah. You know, so for me, um, you know, being on a computer screen is much more comfortable than being in person, mm-hmm. okay, because of who I am and, you know, my life experiences. So, you know, you're not going to maybe do this while you're at work, mm-hmm. you know, or um, if, you, if you've just had an argument with your sister or something, okay? So it has to be a time and a space where you're comfortable. That's why I say five minutes in the morning, even while you're brushing your teeth, it really, really will change the way you interact with spirit. Yeah. It really does. That's really good advice. I'd, I'm going to call myself the logical medium. <laughs> I'm going to call myself the logical medium from now on because I'm probably the most skeptical medium you'll ever meet, mm. okay, because I look for proof myself yeah. and I still ask my loved ones to prove something to me. And even when I get the sign that I've asked for, I'd say, okay, well, prove to me that that's the right sign, you know? So I'm still the most skeptical. Even when people send me pictures of, um, you know, um, you know that they've seen orbs or whatever, mm. okay, I kind of take on the role of the parapsychologist, even though I'm not a parapsychologist. <laughs> I love that. But, um, you know, I'd be thinking, well, what what time of day was this taken? Were the blinds open? Yep. Was there a lamp on? Was there a flash on your phone? You know, so I'm, I'm thinking of all, all the things that could make it not necessarily a real photo. It's not that I'm trying to disprove anything, but it's more that I want to be sure mm-hmm. that it's what we think it is, mm. you know, because um, believing in spirituality, we get such a hard time. We 
really do. And I think we don't need to encourage people to be, you know, harder on us, I guess, than they already are. So when people say to me, oh, you know, I don't believe in all that. And I say, okay, that's fine. You know, I don't eat sushi, but, you know, I still eat food, <laughs> you know. So and you don't have to, you know, believe or buy into absolutely everything, you know. But I think it's only when somebody suffers that profound loss that they really begin to think about what might be there, you know. And that's when people come looking for more. So I say to everybody, don't alienate anybody in this life. Sometimes you have to cut down on the contact, but don't alienate anybody because if they don't come back to you in life, they'll surely come back to you in death. Mm. Okay? Because they, they see things from such a different perspective when they cross over that mm. they will always try and make. And, you know, it's happened in readings in the past where I've had um, abusers maybe come in that want to talk to people here. And, you know, they will mostly say, I don't want to speak to that person. And that's fine. And I respect that. And we move on. Mm. Okay. But um, people have to atone in the afterlife for the wrongs that they do here. So even though somebody may get away with murder in this life, they won't get away with it in the next life. Mm. Okay. I'm not saying that they'll be, you know, you know, executed in the spirit world, but you have to make up for it somehow okay and yeah and if that means you know coming to apologize to the family or whatever they will try and reach out in whatever way that they they feel they need to it doesn't mean you have to take that on board so with anything in this life spirituality and everything else included take what you need and what makes you feel good but you're not here for anybody else Mm. you're here for yourself Beautiful. You can respect other people, but you don't have to take anything from them. Mm. Well said. And think of that in everything you do. Say, it's not for me, but wish them well and keep walking. Yes. Because I've learned through my um, struggles with PTSD that other people don't, um, don't stress about things half as much as I do. Mm. So I've learned to move past it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a tough lesson. But it's a lesson that you learn. (laughs) And the other thing um, that I would love to say to any listeners, especially people who are holding on to regret, um, because I held on to regret for years, because um, the last time I saw Kevin was the Thursday night, and he he passed on the Saturday. And I was really tired, and I'm grouchy when I'm tired. Anybody that knows me, they know that I'm, you know, tired or hangry. (laughs) I'm so grouchy. And, um, it was like two o'clock in the morning when he left to go back because he lived about, I don't know, 60 kilometers from where, where I live. And I was just tired. I went, oh, you know, he said goodbye. And I went, right. Um, and I never, well, I did see him again, but he came home in his coffin, God rest his soul. And I lived with that guilt for so long that I didn't give him a hug or say, you know, take care or whatever. Mm. But he heard me say that, you know, the day he came home and I apologized to him that I was rude. He heard me that day. but I wasn't ready to hear it so you know one thing I always encourage people I know that they're past but they can still hear you so talk to them as much as you can Mm. because as much as you miss them they miss you more and it's so frustrating to be there beside somebody and hear them and see them and not be able to reach out and touch them 
and that's what it's like for spirit it can get very mm. frustrating so tell them how you feel nobody wants to be forgotten it's, you know it's it's a big fear of anybody who's passed nobody wants to be forgotten mm. so by looking at their photo by talking to them by you know mentioning them in conversation with other family members that brings such warmth to them that they feel because you know okay uh, if I liken it like this you know when you go on holidays if you're on holidays for two weeks and then you come home and it's like you're having to start all over again and it takes you ages to get back into the routine well think about if you've been on holidays for three years or five years or ten years okay so think about the people in spirit that have been away from home for all these years it begins to feel like you were never really there mm. you know so by talking to them and remembering them they know that they're loved and that's all that they want mm. is to know that they're loved i'm crying Tell sandy you got me tearing up <laughs> <laughs> but that's good because it's emotion you know it's it's really it's emotion yeah. and when i used to see people in person you know, like I, I always buy my bought my tissues in in bulk from amazon and my husband said our biggest business expense is the tissues what's <laughs> going on <laughs> yeah but um if i see tears then i know that what i'm saying is hitting home and that's important yeah. you know um so i don't know if i'm talking too much but if i can just um quickly just say to people also and it's one thing and i have a video on my youtube channel about it um i ask people to wait at least three months after someone has passed for a reading um and the reason for that is because grief yeah okay first of all us here we have to accept that that person isn't come back coming back and we have to accept that they're past but what about the person that's passed mm. especially if it's a sudden passing they have to grieve for the life they lost we're grieving for one person they're grieving for you they're grieving for the rest of their family they're grieving for their friends they're grieving for the life that they had the work colleagues the career the future that they planned for they have to grieve for all of those things and they've been put into a place where nobody speaks english or filipino or whatever language that your family may you know originally speak okay so um they have to learn to communicate through the mind telepathy so i say to people give them the chance now i'm not saying people won't come through they absolutely will come through you know i've had people come through within hours i had a lady um at different times you're, you're booked up and i was booked up um a few months in advance she booked three months in advance from her for her reading but on the day she came it actually turned out that a member of her family had died by suicide the day before and um it was he that came through the day she came for the reading and he was only okay. gone i think we worked out it was about 17 or 18 hours and he still came through. I'm not saying they can't, but on an emotional level, we have to grieve and they have to grieve and accept that there's no change in this situation. If, you know, you have to make it healthy and you have to think of the effects that it's going to have on your mental health. And yeah. that's what I'm always aware of because people that come for readings are grieving. Yeah. You know, um, and I also ask people to leave at least six months between readings. Mm. Okay one to allow their energy to build back up again because every time i read somebody i'm pulling on their energy yeah. because your loved ones don't care about me they're in your aura i have to connect to your aura and pull their energy out of there okay so people feel exhausted after a reading 
Mm. So you have to allow that energy to build back up, but also you can't become emotionally dependent on it. You know, especially when there's been a sudden passing or someone's passed young. Um, you know, I've had people who have been widowed and they've been left with young children and they would love to come back every month and, you know, ask mm-hmm. this opinion and what they should do with their child or that opinion. And while it's lovely and I, I love to be able to help those people, you know, part of the grieving is learning to make these decisions on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, so while, while you know, the, the parent or whatever in spirit loves their children and, you know, we would love to be there for them, they're not. You know, and you have to, people have to learn to make these life decisions on their own. You know, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you were very young when your dad passed, you know, and I'm sure your mom would have loved his input or, you know, whatever. Um, you'd have loved his input, <laughs> you know. Um, but at the same time, you learned to live life without that. But at the same time, knowing that he's there for you, if you really need that extra energy. So what I say to people, it's those times in your life where you feel like you're struggling, but you get through it or you feel like there's an extra power or extra energy coming from somewhere, pushing you forward. That's your loved ones. Mm-hmm. That's them giving the energy. You know, we've got totems who are animal spirit guides and they come to us at the times in our lives where we need most emotional support. You know, how many times um, have people who have lost beloved pets felt like they're being snubbled by their pets when they've been down about something you know so they're there for us when we need them you know human or animal it doesn't matter all our spirits are around us and they only want the best for us mm-hmm. so continue to ask you can ask them you don't need to come to somebody like me every time you want to ask something but i understand that to get that immediate closure that it can be necessary sometimes mm-hmm. i really do oh that was just amazing <laughs> Thank you, Sandy. That just—I feel like we covered no so much ground and so many common questions. Did I talk too much? <laughs> no, no. You answered the questions I think that most people have, and I, I really appreciate your your input and feedback. No problem. And if you get any questions, you know, follow up questions that people need. Um, I have no problem, you know, um, answering those if they want to send them by email or if you want to send me the questions on, and I can give you the answers to give to them. There's, There's no problem. Wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to Spiritual and Bipolar with Lauren Coletti. If you would like to support the show, you can enter to win a $25 Avi gift card by rating me five stars and sending me a screenshot of your five-star review via Instagram, which I will list in the show notes. If you are enjoying Spiritual and Bipolar, I would love it if you shared with a friend or someone you think could benefit from the show. I would love to hear from you, so never hesitate to reach out and tell me your thoughts, suggestions for guests and topics, or apply to share your story on the show. All my love.